Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing Word from God. God bless you. We love our church. Come on, you can take your seats. What an amazing church we get to be a part of and we're so grateful for the amazing uh, pastors that we get to serve. Uh, alongside building the Kingdom of God. If we've never met before, uh, this is an Australian accent. So just, you can just sort of check that off, you know, trying to figure out where I'm from. Uh, Richie and I moved to the USA about 11 years ago. We actually went to Chicago first. Yes. <laughs> and we moved, we moved here to uh, San Diego for this church. We were already, <clears throat> yeah. You don't know how good you have it. We were already uh, listening to podcasts. I think at that point, uh, Pastor Colin Higginbotham was doing some kind of Pathfinders Minute. Do you remember those days? He was doing this thing, you know, and Richie was leaning into that and he says, I need a church that's just going to really come around and champion the businessman in him. And, and when the time came to move, God miraculously opened doors. You know, we were not living in the era of remote work back then. And we were based in Chicago. That's where the office was. We began to pray. And for the whole month in March, we just began to pray and say, you got to move. We want to get out of here. we got to move. We need you to move, God. And, and he did. And we, we got to the end of the month and he went in and he spoke to his, his boss at the time, or his business partner at the time, and he says, sure, you can go. Just like that. But he would never, ever let anybody else work anywhere else than in the office. God moved on our behalf in that situation. I want to tell you tonight, God is here to move on your behalf. No matter what you're facing tonight, God is here to move on your behalf. And we've been in ministry for a number of years, actually about 40 years. I don't look like I've been in ministry 40 years. <laughs> for 40 years, I want to tell you that the last six have been the most fun. They've been the most transformational, the most releasing, the most empowering, and the most healing. We have not enjoyed serving God as much as we have underneath your leadership, Matt and Michaela. And I mean it. I mean it. I want to say it again. You actually don't know how good you have it. I'm going to share a little bit of my story tonight, but I just wanted to honour Pastor Matt and Michaela. Not only are they our regional pastors, but they are pastors here at St. Marcos campus, and they love us more than we will ever know. They pray for us. They champion us. They're only ever a phone call away. I want to tell you, we are blessed to have them. They inspire us. They release us. They empower us. Even when they correct us, it's actually okay. <laughs> we can actually handle it, so thank you. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for who you are in our lives. Thank you for leading a fresh, real, and powerful church. You know, we don't play church at Awaken. We get down to business. Amen? You know, one of our most recent, I say assignments, because I, I feel like God gives us assignments in life. One of our most recent assi assignments is Awaken You. And I'm going to give a shameless plug right now, because, you know, like, if you were here on Sunday... Uh, we launched uh, the applications. Applications opened up for Awaken You. This is our 
Leadership Program. And this is the first time next year that some of the, the, the daytime requirements have been removed. So if you are a leader in this place, you aspire to be a leader in this place, if you're a team leader, if you're a coach, if you're a director, or even if you're just feeling like a stirring to step into something, I cannot encourage you more to give God one year of your life. You know, this is the season to get trained. It's a season to get trained. And you're gonna be mentored by the very best. You know, we have all of the campus pastors coming and pouring to us on a Tuesday night. And we have campus leads that are gonna come alongside you and mentor you and encourage you. So I don't want you to wait till the last minute because we don't take everybody. There's limited spacing, but I want you to consider what could God do with you if you give Him one year of your life, amen? Uh, you know, we signed up as the support for the San Marcos campus. What do I tell you? God has done so much in us, so much in us. I mean, Pastor Alex Almos, he did a season on prayer that just unlocked fire. Like it was just so transformational. All the students would tell you, it just brought a massive shift. We get to hear from all of our pastors, I said before. So awaken you people, give God one year of your life. You know, we're in the series called Reborn. And when I was invited to speak, the words of Jesus in John 19.30 just began to sh like shout in my thoughts. And they're the thoughts. He actually just said these few words and he says, it is finished. It is finished. I kid you not, every time I went to pray, every time my thoughts came in this direction, I would hear, it is finished. So the word I have for you tonight is it is finished. It is finished. You know, the cross is a place, is a, is a work that Jesus has done. It is finished. It is finished. And what He's not doing, Jesus is not announcing his, his death, that His life is over. He's actually announcing a new way of living. <laughs> He's saying it is finished. An old way of living has just ended. I have met all the requirements that God had over your life and over my life. He says, today it is finished. Today it ends. And I invite you into a new beginning. Amen. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 says that if any man, if any man, I love that, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. The Amplified says that we are reborn and that we get renewed by the Holy Spirit. The, the Message Bible says we get a fresh start. Anyone thankful for a fresh start in your life? We get, we get a chance to get created new. And this series, as we unpack it over these next few months, is all about really, again, discovering what this reborn life is like, who we are in Christ and what He has done for us. And the cross is a symbol of grace, of, of, sorry, the cross is a symbol of, of sacrifice and redemption that extends to us an opportunity to exchange our former way of living and step into a life characterised by the grace and the power of God. The cross is an invitation to exchange the old for something new, to begin to live in the overflow of God's goodness and His mercy, His kindness, His favour, His grace. It's not just some religious expression, I'm born again. 
It is a transformation that is supposed to change something from what it was to something new. God is, when the Spirit of God comes into us, He wants to make all things, all things new all things new. When the Spirit of God comes into our life, He wants to awaken again in you His purpose. He wants to awaken in you the very things He put in you that have not been awakened because of sin in our life. But when we give our life to Christ, the Spirit of God comes in and it begins a work of transformation. And tonight I want to talk about three things that God has just been speaking to me afresh about, about this new life, this new life. Number one, it is the life of grace. Ephesians 2 verse 8 says that for, for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Simply put, grace is the undeserved favour of God. My dad used to say, God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. When Jesus said on the cross, it is finished, He says, I have met all of God's requirements, all of God's requirements. And to live a life characterised by the grace of God means that we got to stop living out of our own checklist. Stop living out of our own goodness. Stop qualifying ourselves based on the things that we've done and the things that we haven't done. For by grace... We have been saved. You know, I I didn't think that I subscribed to any other gospel. You know, I grew up in church. I was raised in in the house of God. My father was a preacher. And so I've only ever heard one thing, and that is that for by grace, you've been saved. But as I was leaning into this message and the Lord, the Holy Spirit just began to show me that, yes, I had I could, I could trust and believe in the saving grace of God. But was I allowing the grace of God to come and transform every single area of my life? I didn't think that I lived out of a place of works. And he says, you know, can we just show you where you're living out of a place of work? It's one thing to acknowledge that he can save us. But are we allowing the grace of God to come into our life and completely transform us? So this new life of grace, this new life, this new beginning that that God has given us, our life should be characterised by His goodness, His graciousness, His loving kindness and His mercy. It's a transformation that He has set us free from a life of comparison. He has set us free from a life of do's and don'ts. See, I, I was saved AOG. Any other AOGs in this place? Assemblies of God? Do you know what I mean? Any other Assemblies of God? See, the Assembly, I was Assemblies of God saved. Sometimes Pastor Matt talks about the Presbyterians. But I was Assemblies of God saved. So we were, we had, we had the Holy Spirit and rules. Right? <laughs> we had the power and rules. I mean, we had rules for our rules. I kid you not, we had modesty rules, we had beverage rules, we had dating rules, dancing rules, music rules. We had rules. We had parenting rules, rules for the kids. We had double rules for pastors because they're different, right? So there was more, even more expectation upon pastors because we were holy. We had the power, but we were holy. And the Lord just began to show me, the Holy Spirit just began to reveal the conditioning 
that I'd been raised in. Yes, I can believe that God's grace has saved me. I believe in the work of the cross, but I was still living out of an old way of thinking. And he says, every single time, Caroline, you disqualify yourself, every single time you compare yourself, you're actually reeling a wrong belief. It reveals a wrong belief. And I, you know, I, I never backslid. So I think I was a little self-righteous. You know, I grew up in church. I was a good church girl. I was a good PK pastor's daughter. I was good. I, you know, I didn't do all the things that I heard about from all the the YWAM evangelists that came in, they got saved from drugs, got saved from immorality, got saved from all these other things. I had this life that seemed really vanilla. And without even realising it, I was, I was thinking I was pretty good. That the things that God was doing in my life was more about who I, you know, what I had done than about what He was doing in my life. But in my, uh, in my mid-30s, <laughs> I, went through a, I went through a divorce in my mid-30s. Changed everything. This perfect life that I thought I had, all of these opportunities that I thought I deserved, not even, I would never have said that to you out loud. But when I went through a disappointment that big in my life, I began to disqualify myself. I began to say, God cannot use me this way anymore. God isn't, you know, I don't qualify for that opportunity. And I would literally say things like, God, if you never use me again, you know, that's okay. Thank you. Thank you for the, the years of serving you. I had completely written myself off because I had, did, at that season in my life, I wasn't allowing the grace of God to come into my life and completely transform me. And it was a revelation, a fresh, that I could trust in His saving grace, but could I allow His grace into every part of who I was? Galatians chapter 3 Verses one to three. When we do that, when we actually start to qualify ourselves, when we start to, to measure ourselves against one another and to, to think that we deserve things, then we are no different to the church in Galatia that Paul speaks to. And he says, You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Are you so foolish, having begun in the spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? And what was happening was that the Judeans were teaching that faith in Jesus Christ was necessary, but it wasn't enough. That in order to maintain their salvation or the favour of God, they were still teaching that you had to be circumcised, that you had to do, we had to observe certain feasts and certain uh, laws. You still had to do a whole lot of other things in order to be qualified by God. And Paul says, you foolish Galatians. I mean, these are harsh words. They called Paul a compromiser who had made the gospel more attractive to the Gentiles by removing all of the legal requirements. But I'm here to tell you tonight, Jesus has met all of the legal requirements for our life. It is finished. It is over. However you've been raised, Whatever church you've been a part of, it is finished. There is nothing you and I can ever do to earn the love of God, to earn the favour of God. He has already given it. He's already given it. But this born again experience, is it about allowing the grace of God into those areas in our life and transform us so that we live out of the overflow of His grace. 
We live out of the overflow of His goodness. We're living out of the overflow. No more striving, no more struggle, just releasing to God every area that we need Him to come and work in, that we need Him to come and transform. Which leads me into the second thought that I want to share with you tonight. And that is that the cross is a place of exchange. We exchange not only our sin for His righteousness and our shame for His grace and His mercy, but it's a place of exchange for our sickness for healing, our sorrow for joy, our weakness for His strength, our tiredness for His rest, our oppression for His freedom, our fears and anxieties for His peace. Isaiah 61.3 says, He gives me beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, right? The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. He replaces hopelessness with hope, Jeremiah 9.11. You know, this cross is a place where we get to exchange all of the old for something new. And I I call it an exchange because sometimes we can use language like we, we need to bring it to the cross. We're going to lay it at the cross. But God doesn't want you to walk away empty. He wants to exchange it for what He has for you. He wants you to leave full from His presence. He wants you to leave full and refreshed from being at the cross. My father grew up in a a violent home. And um, my grandfather, who was not a believer, he was a very violent and he was a very troubled man. And we just got to spend a couple of weeks back in Australia, which was awesome. And I got to connect with my sister. And it was actually Father's Day in Australia. We celebrated that on the 1st of September, unlike here in the US. And so we just took time to reflect on Dad, who actually passed away during, during 2020. And we're just thinking about his life. And she reminded us, we were talking about his upbringing. And she reminded me that his, he was the youngest of four. There were two older siblings and then two younger ones. And it was actually his older sister, his first older sister, who pulled a gun on their father in the middle of a violent interaction in the home to save their mother. I mean, how messed up is that? I mean, how horrific is that for any child to be in that environment? And if that is something that you have lived through, you know, the grace of God, the love of God is here to heal you today, to heal those memories and to take away all that pain. I cannot tell you, you know, how grateful I am that my dad met Jesus at the cross, that he took all of his anger, all of his bitterness, all of his rage and exchanged it for the peace of God over his life. You know, I was reflecting about how different my life could have been (laughs) because these things normally are cycles. But my dad is a testimony to the transforming work of the cross that when he gave his life to Jesus Christ, that he allowed the grace of God, the healing of God, the power of God to come in and make him a new man. I grew up loved. I grew up secure. I grew up provided for. I didn't have any doubts of who my father was. I, was, I didn't live in fear. He was always there. And that's only possible because my dad met Jesus. When my grandfather walked out, my, my grandmother took uh, all of the kids to church. 
That's a great place to start, people. <laughs> head to church. If you don't know what else to do, head to church. And uh, they took the whole, the whole family went to church and every single one of his siblings uh, encountered the love of God, transformed their life, and they all went into ministry. It, it's just, it's only the grace of God. It's only God that could take a mess like that and turn it around for good. Doesn't matter what you're facing today. God is here to take whatever mess you're facing and turn it around for good. He wants to exchange it tonight for His presence and His peace and His power in your life. We grew up with a song, maybe you know it. It says, something beautiful, something good. All of my confusion, He understood. All I had to offer Him was brokenness and strife, but He made something beautiful out of my life. If we're ever in doubt about what God can do, in Genesis chapter 1, we see God, the supreme creator. Our God is able to create order out of chaos. He is able, at the sound of His voice, to transform environments. He's able to bring light into dark places. He's able to form everything we have out of nothing. If you're ever in doubt about what God can do, read Genesis chapter 1. If you're in doubt what God can do in your life, just read Genesis chapter 1. What we see in, in, in Genesis is that at the sound of His voice, He transforms. At the sound of His voice, He transforms. And the, the voice of God is the Word of God in our life. His voice is His Word. And if we will submit ourselves to the voice of God, to the Word of God, He will make something beautiful out of our life. He's a God who wants to transform every, every area, every piece of pain, one God story at a time. One God story at a time. One encounter at a time, one surrender at a time, one deliverance at a time, one healing at a time. God is making something beautiful out of our life. You know, I love the, our church because it gives us permission to be real. If you attend men's prayer or if you attend women's prayer, you're here on a, a Wednesday and a Sunday, you don't need to hide who you are. You don't need to hide what you're working through, what you're going through, what you're facing. There's transparency here because this is a house of grace. I think we, we hear from people who come in and they go to men's prayer or they go to women's prayer. They say things like, we've never been part of it, anything like this. That I can actually tell you what's going on in my life and you're not going to reject me. There is a grace of God upon Awakened Church that flows from our lead pastors, Jürgen and Leanne, all the way down. You are in a safe place where you can be transparent, where you can come to the cross, where you can experience the grace of God, where you can exchange whatever is concerning you today and receive from Him His grace, His love and His power. And this is the life that God invites us to. This, this brand new reborn life is an invitation to something brand new. And lastly, the thing that I reflect about on the cross as well I'm reminded that anything is possible. We were singing about it before, actually. This reborn life that we have by the Spirit of life, the Spirit of God, 
is an invitation to a life of faith. In fact, Hebrews 11:6 says that without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. We know the scripture that says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. We can have faith that God has saved us. Do we have faith that anything is possible? Anything is possible. Absolutely anything is possible. In Romans 8, it says that the same Spirit, the same Spirit that rose Christ from the dead dwells in us. This reborn life is the life that we live where we walk by faith, not by sight, that we live by believing and not seeing. It's characterised by faith. And recently, I've been encouraged, somewhat challenged by the faith that I see demonstrated in 2 Kings uh, verse 4. It's the story of the Shunammite woman. And this is the woman that built a room in her house for Elisha, so whenever he came through, he would stay in a home. And during one of the visits, he realised that she was without a child and her husband was old, but he spoke a word over her and she conceived and she had a son. And as he grew, one of the, he grew in years and he was out in the field and he had a headache. And the scripture says that he, he came back in and sat on his mother's lap and he died. And it's her response that, that God has been speaking to me about. Because is my response to my circumstances faith? How am I responding to my circumstances? And you watch this woman, she picks up her son and she puts him on the bed that Elisha, in Elisha's room. And then she goes and she grabs the donkey and a servant and she, she heads out. And, and her husband calls to her and says, why are you going to Elisha? In the Scripture here, it says, it's not the new moon and it's not the Sabbath. Or in other words, it's not Tuesday prayer. It's not Wednesday. It's not Sunday. It's not even Thursday. Why are you bothering God? And she just says, it is well. So he doesn't even know that his boy has just died. But she responds to the circumstance with faith. It is is well. It is well. And as she carries on, Elisha sees her and he sends out his servant and she won't be stopped. She just says, it is well. It is well. What is our testimony today? It is well. And and she holds on to Elisha. She won't let go. She, She presses in and she holds on until he comes with her. And as we continue to read her story, it says Elisha comes in and he he begins to pray in the room and then he lays upon the boy. The boy's body warms, but he doesn't come back to life. And Elisha continues to walk and he continues to pray. If you don't get your miracle the first time, do you continue to walk? Do you continue to pray? Do you go again? Do you go again? Because the cross tells us that anything is possible. Anything is possible. And then Elisha lays upon the boy again and he comes back to life. This new life we have is filled with resurrection power. And there are things in our lives that God wants to resurrect tonight. But even in, in our own circumstances right now, we've recently had a, a challenge with one of our sons. And I'm gonna be honest with you, when the news began to come in, 
it just broke my heart. But there was only one place that I knew that I had to go. I had to take it to the cross. And I had to go again, and I had to go again, and I had to go again until I found faith for the circumstance. Go again until you have faith. Go again until you exchange your grief. Go again until you exchange the pain. Go again until you, you, what you are walking in is faith. She went, not her circumstances hadn't changed, but we are called to live a life by faith, not a sight. We gotta live believing, not just seeing. So until we get it, will we go again? Will we go to the cross? Will we wait until we receive the, the impartation? Will we go until we, we receive the, the strength that we need? Will we go again until we get the answers that we know are coming? If Elisha had just prayed once, if he had stopped with the bit of a different ending, anything is possible. Anything is possible. I've seen God do miracles. Even as a young girl, my, my, my cousin had braces on her legs and, and Dad prayed over her. And as she walked, she, she just, after we'd pray for her, she just began to walk and she began to complain that the braces were rubbing her legs because God had straightened them. It's amazing. I was young. I grew up in a home of faith. And, you know, my uncles were evangelists and he, he would come and he'd just tell story after story of broken bones being healed, of people, you know, even being raised from the dead. Like I, I grew up in an environment of faith. In fact, I feel like faith was my first language. I can believe God. I can believe God. But there, when something hits you and something comes at you, you know, it's like, will you go again? Will we go again? Will we go again until, until faith is our portion? Until faith is our portion. Tonight, God wants to do miracles in your life. He's here to set people free tonight. He's here to exchange stuff tonight. He's here to bring His grace to the areas of your life that you've kept hidden from Him tonight. He's here to cancel all those disqualifying and condemnating thoughts that are coming at you telling you you can't, telling you you're not good enough, telling you those mistakes. You know, we only have to glance back at the Old Testament to see that God uses some pretty messed up people. We don't even have to do a deep dive, right? They take each other's birthrights. They sell each other as slaves. You know, we, we, we got husbands, you know, lying that they have a wife, so she ends up in another man's home. We have people sleeping with other people's wives. We've got people committing murder. I mean, God uses anyone. And how many are sitting there doing the checklist? Well, you know, I haven't murdered anyone and I haven't done this. And I, Okay, okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. We got to quit that thinking, right? We, we, we got to give up that line of thinking. It's not, a, it's not a gospel of qualification, it's a gospel of grace. Gospel of grace. Hallelujah. Why don't you just close your eyes in this room tonight? If you're not giving your life to Jesus, that's where it, that's where it starts. I want to give you an invitation in this room today. You're amongst friends. You're amongst many people who have already given their life to Christ. When Richie 
first began to hear about the Gospel, he said, I, I have to clean my life up first. I'm not good enough to be a Christian. And I hope you've heard tonight that that's not what it's all about because it is finished. Jesus paid the requirements for your life, that you might be born again, that you might be set free, that you might live this brand new life. And so if you are here tonight and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, but you want to, I'm just going to ask you to simply just raise your hand up high so I can see it. And we're going to, I want to pray with you. We have a, a Bible and a following Jesus book that we would like to give you. I can see that hand already. Thank you, Jesus. If anyone in this room, anyone else in this room just wants to lift their hand and say, Jesus, I, I want this transformed life. I want this new beginning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hands are going up all over this room. Thank you, God. God is a transforming God. He loves you. You can come exactly as you are. Thank you. I see your hand. Exactly as you are. Right where you are. You don't have to change a thing because He's already done it. He says it's finished. He's done it. He's done it all for you. He can't love you any more than He already does. There's nothing that we can do that can turn Him away from us. There's nothing in our past that scares Him off. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. I want to sort of pray a prayer together. Why don't we just stand to our feet? Come on, let's pray. There were many hands that were raised tonight. And if you praise that prayer, for the, if you raised your hand tonight, I just want you, with all of us, we're all going to pray together out loud. And you're going to invite Jesus to become a Lord of your life. This is the very, very beginning. God, I thank You for loving me and sending a Son, Jesus, to die for me. I repent of my sin and invite You into my life. Today I choose to follow You and make You Lord of my life. In Jesus' Name. Amen. <laughs> amen and amen. It is finished. <laughs> it is finished. Hallelujah. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, if you raised your hand, we're going to have some team down the front that have got a Bible and a following Jesus book for you. They'd love to pray with you. We'd love to meet you because we want to come alongside you and walk out this new life with you. We want to equip you. We want to come and strengthen you. We want to introduce you to some amazing people who you can get to know and do life with. So make sure, don't head out. We're going to close this meeting in a moment. But don't leave without coming and seeing us. Just come on down. We've got a, a following Jesus book and a Bible that we'd love to give you. But tonight, if you, any of these areas began to minister to you tonight, you just felt the tug of God. Maybe it was grace. Maybe you're realising that you've been living and yes, you, you've received the saving grace of God, but you've not allowed the grace of God to outwork into every area of your life. God wants you to live in the overflow of His goodness and His favour. You can come tonight, you can exchange all of that, your past. You can come and just exchange it and be made new tonight. And if you are believing for something tonight and you've not yet seen it, you've not yet had the breakthrough, we invite you to come again. <laughs> come again, pray again, believe again, believe again and see God do a miracle in your life. Amen. We're gonna close out in a song. We're going to, our ministry team is here to pray for you, but I want to pray for you. Is that okay? Why don't you just lift your hands to our heaven? Father, I thank you. God, we thank you for your grace. 
We thank you that it is finished. God, we thank you that you've done it all. God, that you have met every single requirement for our life. It is over and it is finished. And you invite us, God, to live in the overflow of your goodness and to live in the overflow of your grace. So Father, we just thank you that in this room tonight, God, that you're moving, God, that you're ministering, Holy Spirit, that you are just releasing God, miracles, you're releasing healing, you're releasing forgiveness. Lord, you are releasing us from condemnation. God, you are here tonight to just set people free. God, those things that have been locking us down, those things that have been stopping us and preventing us from living out on purpose, things that have held us back from fully following you. God, I thank you, you're here tonight to exchange that for your truth for your love, for your peace, Father. We thank you in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.